With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello and welcome to the Anfield Index podcast for number 200 and something or other. I'm Trev Downey coming to you as ever from the slowly evolving study in my house in a field in beautiful rural Ireland. And before I take a brief AI sabbatical to get my wonky brain looked at, I am joined for this atypically early recording by Carl Kopak and Cam Branch. And in the background, knob twiddling maestro Guy Drinkle is overseeing affairs. As ever, lads, it's customary that I go around and ask you how you're getting on and if you have any opening thoughts. Carl, we usually start with yourself. Um, first of all, how are you getting on and anything on your mind? Plenty on my mind. Um, I just think it's, I just realised that we did this one at midnight last week, and now we're doing it practically in the middle of the morning yeah. on this one because yeah. it's like it's gone six pm, but it hasn't gone seven pm yet. Well, I do have some thoughts, and it's a bit of a test for you, Trev. Oh, Here we right, go. Lovely. It's quite it's quite a long one, but it's, I think it's my favourite film quote ever. So I've given that away, haven't I? Um, okay. You think you know something, don't you? You think you're the clever little girl who knows something. There's so much you don't know, so much. What do you know, really? You're just an ordinary little girl living in an ordinary little town. You wake up every morning of your life and you know perfectly well that there's nothing in the world to trouble you. You go through your ordinary little day and at night you sleep your untroubled ordinary little sleep filled with peaceful, stupid dreams. And I brought you nightmares. Or did I? Or was it a silly, a silly, inexpert little lie? You live in a dream. You're a sleepwalker, blind. How do you know what the world is like? How do you know the world is a foul sty? Do you know, if you rip off the front of your houses, you'd find swine. The world's a hell. What does it matter what happens in it? Wake up, Charlie. Use your wits. Learn something. Oof. Oof. I have a feeling it's a classic. This is going to sound a bit daft, right? But it just, it sounds like uh, this old Joseph Cotton movie I saw, Shadow, Shadow... Shadows of Doubt or Shadow of Doubt or something? Is that is that possible? No, it's the Princess Bride. No, um, have you Googled that? No, no, no. I just I, I went through a, a classics uh, watch up recently and it sounds familiar and I've got like a Rain Man brain for that kind of stuff. Shadow so, of a Doubt, nineteen forty three. Yeah, Joseph Cotton, right? That, that, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uncle Charlie. Uncle, Ch- he's Uncle Charlie. Okay. Yeah. I'm still right there, pal. Right. Yeah. yeah. I've got to give you a round of applause for that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The reason I love that so much is, for 1943, that's a hell of a speech to a little girl. It's also half the lyrics of that um, um, song that was made famous by the by the uh, by the Sopranos. Um, you know, you know that song, um, "Just a Small Town Girl Living in a Lonely World." What's that one? Uh, oh, yeah. don't stop believing. Yeah, that one. It's it's like that. It's oh. <laughs> There's a lot of crossover in that speech. There's a lot of crossover in the early part of that speech. As I was listening to it there, uh, it, it really reminded me of that. But I thought you were going to Billy Joel on me then. I'm not. <laughs> I, I, I never go, never go Joel. Never, never go, go Joel. Joel. Never reach Joel. Uh, well, do you, well, I'm, I'm going to quietly take uh, take a, a moment to to reflect on the fact that I don't know what my stupid brain is for because I couldn't remember earlier on what my nephew's name was, but I know that. That's good. That's good. Yeah, well, you, you, you can quote a film which is literally 70 years old. <laughs> well done, me, and also, <laughs> also the absolute statement. Uh, 
Cam, what about yourself? Fella? What's on your mind this week? Go 1927, Cam. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could. Um, this this quote is appropriate to today and 1984 there's a clue okay it's not actually a quote but it's a piece from an interview certainly when he is allowed the time to play the way he likes he is a treat to watch he just seems to flick and jab at the ball and it flies off his foot everything he does is so sweet and crisp he can't get enough of the ball when everything is running for him he's like a compulsive gambler no pass is too difficult to try. No shooting chances allowed to go and allowed to go untaken. He can go for a ten minute spell when you think he's operating it by a remote control. He could go on the stage with his repertoire of party pieces if he was ever short of a few bob. Getting that repertoire to stretch to ninety minutes per game and sixty games per season is the trick that he is bound to find the most difficult to master. Mm-hmm. Carl, any any ideas here? Nineteen eighty four, you said. Mm, that's a giveaway, I think. Well, 1984 is what the French win the European Championships. Platini. Uh, but no, well, it's about something that happened on the 22nd of August, 1984. It's, it's about this person. He's talking about a particular person, and the the day to date is really relevant about that about that person. 84, 85. So we're the European champions at this point. We are. France have won the European. Uh, Championship as well. I'm, I, I presume it's Liverpool related, Cam, is it? It is, yeah. Ronnie Whelan, Craig Johnson, John Walk, Sammy Lee. It's not going to be Sammy Lee. If it's about a Liverpool player, it can only be about Kenny. Kenny or Russia? No. Oh, mate. That was, no, <laughs> I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. Go on. That was uh, our Sir Bob speaking about. As a Jan? You, about your mate, Mr. Yamo. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty second of August, nineteen eighty four. Oh. Mr. Downey, you sh- you should be ashamed. Oh, I'm in trouble, man. If he if he finds out, I'm sure he's listening. <laughs> listen, he's going to destroy you next week. Mate. The good news about Yan is he's not going to listen to a fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I live in home. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Lovely. You caught me beautifully there. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. I was actually just talking to him today about all the ridiculous amount of uh, coverage I'm seeing get him getting on um, on social media lately. Uh, lovely pictures of him and all his 80s finery um, all over the shop for, for, for some reason. Um, last week, what we did, lads, was we, and I think it was a good sort of way of, of in these early days where the season has no real narrative built up yet, it was a good way to sort of deal with the football aspect of things. Now we have, I'm going to be straight up, a scatter of questions from people. We ones that we left over from last week and I want to get to them. So I'm going to give a good chunk of, it, of, of, of whatever time we have left to that. But let's just start off with the football and let's start off in that same vein that we did last week. And I'm going to ask you just to pick things that stood out for you from the match that'll save us from going down the, the old uh, analysis route that every other show has done or uh, person by person performance analysis which other shows have done so let's pick out the moments that that that, that um specifically stood out to you um i know you know we 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 got we, we got into a lot of football chat that way last week so um off the top of your head carl one thing um from your um unfortunate uh domestic viewing of the match that stood out for you nabby's turn mm. nabby's turn with the ball and ball over the top to salah glorious it's one of those moments where everyone just goes oh when he's done that is it the left back when he's done the left it might have been schlup actually i'm not sure um he's just absolutely done him like a kipper i thought it was townsend was it Townsend? Yeah, it might have been actually. It, it might, might be dropping back, yeah. 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 Yeah.
did, just yeah. kind of take the sheen off the fact that he'd been sold and absolutely <laughs> of goods. Um, and it, you know, he just he just kept going as if he meant to go over there. It was wonderful. And you, as you say, the past then on top of that was so mar- miraculous. Yeah. You, you, on a different day, and this is just to, to touch into something. Um, you know, on a more general, I, I saw an awful lot of people moaning about Mo Salah's contribution, which is quite hilarious. But on a different day, if we're being really, really uh, uh, harsh, Mo probably has a couple of goals. Um, he certainly has a couple of goals in him that he could have taken on a different occasion. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, I, th- I think I'm going to come on to this later on, but there's difference between managed finish and Salah's. Um, Salah's. Um, I'll do it now. Why not? Uh, Ma- when Mane had his one-to-one, one-on-one, he did something really, really clever. He ran across the, the centre-back who was catching him. Uh, and, and Mo, Mo just r- ran straight on. I, th- I think if, if, if Salah, when he had his chances, if he cut across like that, yeah, um, then he, I think he would have been able to finish. But um, he went direct straight on towards the keeper. Um, and obviously he was taken down anyway. But um, I just really like the way Mane just thought, now I'm going to go past you and I'm going to risk a challenge from you because I think I can still beat you. And I think that's how Mane finished it. That's the difference. But that, that ball from Naby Keita, it's just... It, it's the sort of moment you live for in the grounds where you just, it's just a statement of, my God, we're so much better than you. Well, I, I'm better than you. That's what he's saying there. Yeah. That, that yeah. was the wonderful moment. Yeah, they're, they're, honestly, you're, you're dead right. They're, they're like little season uh, standout moments. And that, that was definitely one of them. Cam, anything in particular you'd like to, to focus on to, to get the ball rolling? Yeah. Um, just go quickly back to Mo Salah. Two assists and he got a player sent off. But, he didn't contribute to the game. Yeah, as you were. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't take that every week. Honestly, no, I wouldn't. No. Yeah, okay. Um, but what... Uh, Th- those clean team victories on the bounce just get on your nerves after a while, Cam. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> clean sheets, yeah, you know. Um, what's that, 14 goals we conceded in our last 19 games in the league? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we got an issue there. Um, we need to tighten up at the back. Um, but yes, <laughs> we want minus. We want minus. Yeah, yeah why not? Zero is too high. Yeah. <laughs> um, what I was going to say was, um, we had bullied Palace. We were, we were the the physical, the dominant side, and mm. I think that was I think that was brilliant. I, I've not seen that for many year, many a year. You know, not since uh, probably oh eight oh nine. Well, um, we've actually, you know, stood up to a team and shown them that we're we're the ones who are going to be physically more powerful than you guys. We're going to impose ourselves upon you. We're going to dominate this game. Yes, you know, Palace had their spells. You know, and they 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 could have scored a goal or two, but they didn't ultimately. And when you look back at it in one year's time, it'll just be the result. Two now, as you were. Yeah, and the timing of the goals as well. We'll come to uh, what that says overall. I, I, there are a couple of little things I'd like to I'd like to raise, but just on that thing you're talking about, and it's a very good point you make. Um, I know I know um, the aforementioned Mr. Malby mentioned earlier on the show this morning about the physicality that Liverpool currently have, the ability to withstand whatever sort of tactics we have to uh, go up against, and it was a massively different game. Um, last week, Carl was. Uh, you know, sort of wincing at the absence of a midfield for West Ham um, and a physical presence there. And if you look at it by comparison, this lot that we were up against, one thing you'll say about um, about the Hodges, he'll have his banks of four right, and they will work hard and all that type of thing. And you know, if they get a, a one nil defeat, it, it will be utopia. And they uh, almost achieved utopia until the. 92nd minute because they did like they, they, they these are these are a, a solid outfit but what they have is they have that physical strength and they have that energy and they have that running capacity but not one of our fellas not one of them lost on the overall balance of things their individual duel and that says a lot about the way the club's team is set up as well and about the importance of that physicality doesn't it cam oh totally um like i say been since 08 09 since uh, i've seen a team stand up to another team like that and um I, for me, it was the most pleasing aspect of the game. Uh, I really, really enjoyed seeing the, the individual battles, like you say. Uh, I thought Ginny as a six in the first half was excellent. Um, he, he didn't put a foot wrong, in my opinion. In the second half, he wasn't uh, as dominant within the game, but then his role changed slightly. I noticed Milner dropping into the six in the second half. Yeah, a lot more. Um, so, you know, it was wonderful. I mean, you know, I'm sure we're going to get onto Virgil, but, for me, Joe Gomez alongside him, 
That's standard. Superb. Superb. Sorry, superb. Superb. And um, he's just coming on leaps and bounds, and, and he's setting, he's laying down a marker to Matt Tip and Lovren saying, I've got this shirt. Well, it's interesting, Cam. It's, it's, it's interesting when you say that, because if you had a look at the bench, that was the only place we saw any change. It was the same lineup that started the season. And if you look at the bench, we had um, Klein replaced by... Joe Matip, who is obviously deemed fit enough to be part of the squad, and um, will be very much keeping having an eye on on on, a, on that position alongside um, Virgil. Um, we have um, uh, Degsy to come back into reckoning, and he will obviously believe that he will have uh, uh, every entitlement to to that place too. But I think just to move it back to you, Carl, on this topic of Gomez that Cam has raised, um, if we've sort of fallen arse backwards into a situation where Gomez is Van Dijk's partner and continues to develop in the way that he's done so far. It's a two games. Let's not get panicky or, or, or overly excited. But in those two games, you could not fault the kid. Um, and if this develops uh, from happenstance, I'll take that. Yeah, last week we talked about um, Arnautovic and you know and the, the problems he would he was given the defence. And this week it was Ben Teke and. Uh, Palace just did the same thing as they did last season, really, which was put the ball up to him um, and, and wait for the knockdown. They got a penalty last season by doing that when Zaha ran into Karius. And Joe Gomez, again, he just thought, well, OK, well, I'll just I'm not going to be rolled by you, mate. That's not just going to happen. And, you know, we, we spoke before and Cam spoke before about the fact that Joe Gomez doesn't like a ball coming down at pace on a swirly wind night, you know, and um but not 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 on Monday. I thought he was, he was sensational, to be honest. I mean, obviously Van Dijk gets deployed it's because he's Van Dijk, but Joe Gomez was absolutely imperious. I thought he did he did he did he didn't lose a challenge. He did not lose one challenge. And no. to point positionally, I thought what he did very well in the first game and again in this one was be in the right bloody place when the ball was slid down the side and one their guys yeah. run. He was there, and that's massively important to me because if. Virgil has gone to attack a ball aerially and something breaks and there's a ball played down the side. You want your other man to be able to respond, and he did that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and one thing that really should be said about this game because it's been lost a bit in, uh, uh, you know, in, in the over-redification of the of the um, the post-match reviews and things. I thought Crystal Palace were excellent. I really did. I thought Palace I've seen in years they were. because they, because they weren't just doing the same thing. They were absolutely busting and got to get out all over the place. And yeah, they did. What goes the long ball? But they were going down the sides as well, and they were trying to bust through the middle. So that was a proper battle for those lads. On you know, they made sense to me. Once they get back on the coach, they're, they're sleeping. They're not stopping off at Cordy Services for a sandwich. They're sleeping all the way home. Those boys would be knackered after that. Though Palace really made them work, and the, and to do that in 94 minutes with and concentration when you know Virgil wins the the heads of that puts Salah on the way for the second goal. That that says something. That and it's very early in the season, but I love that spirit. And as Cam says, you know, we, we absolutely dogged out. Yeah. We absolutely went toe-to-toe with them and thought, okay, you know, this isn't West Ham at home where we can just do triangles and get around you because you're slow. This is, you know, all right, we're prepared to fight, including the smallest man on the pitch. Um, You know, he wasn't scared of getting his... Uh, Naby wasn't scared of getting his, his, his foot in. And I think he's the smallest man on the pitch by quite some distance as well. So I, I, I thought that... I said on Twitter actually afterwards, um, you know, we've won one, one game 4-0... We've won this one 2-0. Uh, they're completely different games. And this is masochistic, I know, but I really prefer the Monday games because it's a genuine fight. And when that final whistle comes, you really feel something rather than, right, i got to get home now, which is what I normally feel when I leave Anfield. But, um, yeah, that that meant a little bit more. Yeah, that's I think a big, that, that's a big result, that. That's a big result. It's more satisfying. Yeah. Well, that That's where I was going to go to you, uh, to you, Cam, across back again on this topic, because that was one of the moments that I was going to pick out was the timing of the two goals, yeah. 45 and 92 or whatever it was. Now, I will take that uh, every day of the week because, as Carl says, there's something – look, the game was never in doubt in terms of um, – you never doubted that the Reds would win. However, the game was finely balanced, and you did, you never knew what could happen because they were a decent time uh, side. And uh, can we have a little bit of a moment to acknowledge? We don't normally talk about the opposition, but that kid Juan Basaka who got sent off, I Brilliant. think he had an argument for being excellent. The, he was probably the best player in the park um, for for yeah. for the first half anyway. I thought he was tremendous, and you know, hats off to the kid because. He's he's come from nowhere on my radar. I was not aware of him. I'm not going to even pretend 
pretend I knew who he was. And when I saw him playing, I was like, well, well, this guy, he's got, he's got the lot. Um, but the, the timing of the goals this is what I want to come to, um, to speak to you about Cam just briefly. Um, I suppose it says something about just knowing, quiet knowing that we can win this game anyway. James Miller's on the official website talking about, look, we have to learn different ways to win a game. And it's something we've lamented over the years. I don't know about you, but you must have been. You're a Liverpool fan of recent uh, years and long-standing. You must have been a bit panicky in the last 15, 20 minutes at 1-0, thinking oh, these are going to have one shot and they're going to score. Um because that is the pattern that we're, we, we've started to shake. You mentioned early on the, the, the record over the last 15 games and over the last season and a bit maybe. But it, it's something that's ingrained in us. And when you see the Reds trotting out to a clean sheet and goals just at the perfect fuck you moments of 45 and 92, as Carl says, that's delightful, isn't it? Yeah, it's, ma- it's magnificent. Um, there were two two really good crosses from Palace. That flashed across the six-yard box. Yeah. And and if they had a half decent striker who was half awake and had a bit of a poacher's instinct, um, they would have scored. Mm. And let's not get away from that. You know, they they did cut us open twice down the uh, down through our right back area. And did you enjoy Benteke's shot? Oh, was that, what a was gem! It, was it was it a shot though? Oh, absolutely, it was. I thought it he was, was trying to take out sure. the steward by I the corner flag. Trying, I thought he was going for the linesman on the side. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he was, he was trying to pass to Roy. He was trying to pass to Roy. He That's what he was doing. I mean, I was sat with my dirty man cousin, the main one, and uh, I said, Benteke's going to score against us. You know, and I'm just trying to do the reverse psychology and put the jinx on him, isn't it? He's going to score against us. And he goes, no, he's not. So I'm telling you, he's going to score against us. And then he does that shot. And he goes, this guy's going to score against you? And I'm just sat there smug with a smile like a Cheshire cat, like, you know. Well, real, realistically speaking, he won a header, Benteke. In the, in and the was a good save from the keeper. Uh, and, yeah. and he was, it, it was sort of dismissed by Big Ali getting down into the bottom corner, you know, apparently effortlessly, but it's a really good save. But he was head and shoulders yeah, above. It was, yeah. it was head and shoulders above Van Dijk for that one, and it was probably his only contribution that was worth a damn in the match, and entirely just negated by having a proper goalkeeper. And I mean, that just feeds back into the narrative that I was putting to you. We have new ways to win because we have a platform to build on now. That's what it's always been about, hasn't it? If you if you've got the defence, you if you've got the foundation, not built on sand, but it's built on firm ground and it's concrete and it's brick and everything that goes with it. That's what we have now. We have a, we have a goalkeeper and a defence and the defence is communicating with each other and they're communicating with the keeper. I mean, also look at, look at the save he made for the free kick. It was, it was an excellently struck free kick. But if you look at his starting position, he was more to the left to which side the ball was going to go than he was to the right. And so he's, he's, He's covering the, he can't see the ball when the, the ball is struck because the ball's on the other side of the wall. Yeah. His, because his starting position was so good, he, he'd literally, he'd almost gone too far across when he was making the save. Mm. Because he, he, his starting position was, was magnificent. So we do have a proper keeper. And, and as much as I, you know, I've always been, the, the Carrius is a, a, one of his big fans and I think, you know, he, he will become a good keeper. This guy in, and I said he will get tested, and this will be the test of seeing how good he really is or how good he can become. And you touched on it last week, Trev. His distribution is something else. His distribution is absolutely amazing. Uh, did it's you see? Fun. Did you did you see his shot? His pass map? Did you see that thing? I mean, you yeah. know, we, we're not exactly heat map guys. Yeah, Sam McGuire, uh, the but, the actual writer on the next. But you did see it. Yes, it was yeah, it, yeah. it was an incredible thing to behold. I mean, it was. A, 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 a world class midfielder would have been proud of it. And actually, yeah. as I said, uh, as I said to, to, to Malby earlier on, many of our midfielders might not have been able to play those passes because it wasn't like he wasn't being closed in on by threatening strikers. Every time he pinged the ball, there was someone trying to close him down. So he can do this, um, when under pressure. That's, uh, you know, uh, that's a massive skill. I know, I know last week, Carl, you were saying, 
you don't always have to do it, fella. You don't always have to play no. the clever ball. And I get that point, but it is nice to have it in our armory, right? Oh, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want him every now and then. Yeah. I'm just a bit worried that people think he's going to do it with every single ball he gets. And there's sometimes when you've just got to clear it into the stands. Well, th- th- just the, the simple, straightforward fact was that 21 of 23 of his passes were successful. And as far as I can see, one, two, three, four, five, six, at least seven of those are into their half. Uh, one of them, to either one each to either side of the opposition penalty area, successful finding a target. I mean, yeah. that's a proper weapon. And you know what? Uh, Cam mentioned the distribution. But my favourite Alisson moment wasn't the save either of them. The brilliant save from the free kick from Mijovic wasn't that one. It wasn't the save that he got down in the corner to get um, from um, Benteke's header. It was where he came and claimed the cross where there was a couple of them, including Zaha, who could easily have threatened. And if it was Karius, and if it was, we know for sure, Mignolet, they would have closed in or the keeper would have been hesitant. But he just sort of ambled out to the edge of his area, jumped up a little bit and claimed it with two hands. And I just went, oh, I can breathe. I can breathe with this guy in nets. And that's huge for me. Yeah, I, I, I remember that. It was uh, midway through the second half, towards the end of the second half. And um, it's like you say, it was a bit of a ball over the top and it, and it bounced quite high. But then there was there was that, just that split second moment where you thought, is he going to come for it? Is he not going to come for it? But, and then he was just, it's just like he was so just, just graceful with it. And he just, he went up in the air, like you say, and he just plucked it out. It's cool as you like. He's, he's like, he's cute. He's a cool cu- cucumber, isn't he? Mm. Um, he's a cool cat. He's an, he, he is. He's just a cool cat. And we've got, we've got ourselves a bargain, I think already. Yeah. 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 Just, just watch it. I mean, I'm getting excited because it's one game and it's two clean sheets, but again, it's like when you watch Naby play. You can see, you see the guy's got oozing and confidence and qualities and you're thinking, we've got a baller here. I think we've got the same with, um, with, uh, uh Alison Becker and Goff. But, a- Carl, is there any point in not getting, Cam saying he's getting excited. We're all, we're all kind of of an age and we, we're all old enough to know better. And yet, is there any point in not getting excited when you see the, t- the type of moment you focused on with Naby and the ability he has, the type of thing we talk about where we finally got a keeper that we think is the dogs. We've got Virgil. We may have a partner for him. We've got all these other wonderful footballers that we've uh, known about for ages. I mean, it, there's a difference, isn't there, between triumphalism, and you see a lot of that nonsense, and just being happy and confident and positive about this lot of lads. This is why we do it. What if you? Why is there any point if you're going to be miserable about it? I think I, I wouldn't say I was excited about Beck. I'm relieved. Um, well, anything else? I, I don't really jump up and down when, when a keeper does something good, but um, it, it's just a sense of. I, mean, I noticed when the ball was coming over the top, and you know that when we pushed up and they tried to put play put us uh, down the sides. That for once I wasn't looking at the keeper thinking, now where are you going? Uh, and it's been a while since I've had that thought. Because, uh, again, the same fixed last year. We got the penalty because Carriers didn't know whether to come or not. And, you know, he just ran into Sahar and they won the penalty. And it was definitely a penalty. And this lad just seems to know what he's doing. Um, I don't really get excited about th- about things like that. What I would say, that the big excitement for me this season is, uh, and I talk about this every week, is the fact that we've got a squad. And our, our worst midfielder is Adam Lallana, which is fine. So, you yeah. know, it's, um, and so it's everything everything is there for us at the moment. Cam used the expression a few weeks ago, it's, it's a perfect storm. For Liverpool, mm-hmm. and to start with two clean, you know, to, Palace away for your first game. People talk about you know Arsenal have had the worst possible start to the season in terms of who they faced. I mean, God, I wouldn't want what face what they faced, but Palace away on a Monday night, that's hard. That's really hard. And to come out of that with a clean sheet is something. It's really something. Especially on the back of all of the rivals doing what they were supposed to do, with the exception of United, and that was glorious. But you know, when when you're under pressure to keep, to keep pace, and we know what City's um, fixture list is like, and we know that ours is tougher. We've got two two of, uh, of our nominally bigger games in the same run that they've got uh, six or seven easy ones. We've got Chelsea and, and Spurs, I think, in that run. But um, I think City are playing Hendon on Saturday. Honestly, have you seen their, their first few games? It's remarkable. Haven't, haven't they got Wolves next or something? They've got, I, I think their first six or seven is, <laughs> it, it's just, it's it's almost pointless. Um, They're playing the Chelsea pensioners on Thursday. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so in, in, in order, uh, the point is to keep, to keep pace. That's what we need to do is to keep pace. So whatever way you win is a good win. 
And there's, there's another sign I can tell this is a serious Liverpool side because Sky have really started hating us again. Yes. Which is, which is a really, really nice Glorious. Thing. Well, and, actually, and, and, actually, everyone has, but Sky in particular, yeah. The the, the um, Sky are take, Sky are taking it personally. Yes, that's, you, that's you, know really, what, you know what? You know what? You know the really crazy thing is with Sky. We won our last what four or five games at Palace. Yeah, is that, but, uh, but what? Will, but what will they focus on? Oh, White Gale, the free throw. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not about the fact that Liverpool are unbeaten since uh, 2014. So last four games we won there. No, no, no. Let's just ignore that fact. Let's just, you know, and that shows you that we've got under their skin, and that's good. That, that means that well, means uh, people are now taking us really seriously. Well, I, I thought I thought Klopp gave a really, really nice fuck you to them, which is nice. He said, you know, you know, did, how did you enjoy the victory today? Well, we haven't been. We're still unbeaten since the last time we were here. Yeah. Oh, oh, try that. <laughs> yeah. There you yeah. go. Exactly. John Samayadin on those studs. You know, a guy's just given us um, the run of, of 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 fixtures for City: Wolves, Newcastle, Fulham, Cardiff, Brighton, and that's all before we play City. And I think that's the eighth match when we play City. Yeah. Um, and look, I mean, it's like I said, it's about keeping pace, and whatever way we do that, I'll, I'll be happy with it. And you mentioned something there, Carl, and it, it seems it's a bit daft. No, nobody's having a moan, so I'm going to have a moan. Atypically, I'll be the one. As a moan, you mentioned a fella there, and you said, "Well, if Adam Lallana is your worst midfielder, that's not such a bad situation." And yet, what we had with Adam Lallana's introduction when he came on, I, I all the things that I fear about that kid uh, sort of manifested themselves in front of me. Um, he was running into blind alleys. He was getting in the way of progress. He didn't make any. He didn't make himself available for the ball in a in proper positions. And then he went full Lucas Leva and gave away a dangerous free kick in the few minutes that he was involved in a dangerous situation. And you know, you know what? In previous years, under previous regimes... That's the one place you don't want a free kick. A hundred percent. But ball into the box on the six-yard line. And what happens? What happens as a result of that? There's a little bit of a flurry of pressure for them. We have uh, Alison Becker dealing with one. Then we have Virgil being magnificent and winning a header. It breaks to Mo eventually. And uh, the ball goes to Sadio and we're, we, we, we run out 2-0 winners but my point is that's relying on the brilliance of others and the newfound brilliance of our defense the guy is still doing the thing and it it was a very very inauspicious cameo for me well i think you've got to look at fitness as well though he's coming in late into a game when everyone's you know into the rhythm of the game and he's trying to put his own little special mark on the game and you can't if you're not ready for that level yet it's like me walking onto the center of the pitch and saying right we're going to do everything at my pace now no we're not mate you know, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe things will improve if I go out to the middle of the pitch and do a few things, but um, I think that's just my own ego there. But um, I, w- I want to see it, I'll be honest. I want to see it. What, what shirt am I having? Uh, you're a six. Okay, I'll take the six. Yeah. yeah. Christ almighty. <laughs> <laughs> Carl Hansen. <laughs> Carl Hughes. How, how long was he on for? 12 minutes? Oh, let's call it 7-2. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, yeah. Virgil. Sorry, sorry, Joe. No, that's what I'd be saying. Hand in the air. That's that's the, they're the only words I'm saying. Sorry, I didn't see him. I didn't see him. That's sorry. Jog, jogging backwards with your hand up, going sorry, mate. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Talking to me mates in the crowd. I'm on the pitch. Look, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least, at least one, uh, at least one uh, Peter K. Have it moment as well. We are launched. Oh, I'm having a, sh- I'm having a shot. <laughs> yeah. Regard. Godless, I am having a shot. <laughs> you know, I, I've got to take something back here. Last well, week I said, you know, we could have started with Adam Lallana and I would be happy. I take it back. Yes, I, I, yeah, I fucked up last week badly with but that. But no, no, you, you said that the, the worst um, three midfielders that would, we could have yeah, with, the worst with, with three, Lallana, Lallana Fabino and someone else. Yeah, yeah. But still, you know. Henderson. Well... Still, do you want to do the Henderson debate because it's been done to death? Has anyone? I'm in again. Oh, I don't want to do it. He's all right. Henderson's all right. Let's just leave it at that. He's a good player. Can I can I give you an outside take? In on the show earlier on this morning, the Danish lad said, "Look, it's going to be after the international break before that fella even has a chance of starting a match, probably." And I think that makes perfect sense. If he gets a chance to play himself in and impresses, he was certainly more impressive, I thought, in his cameo uh, at the weekend than he was in the previous one. 
Um, uh, and I think you'd have to be full on hater camp to not, to not acknowledge that. So I think that's, I think Jan's dead right. And I think it's going to be the far side of this poxy international break after four games. We get four games in. We, we it used to be, it used to be two. Yeah. I, I think we get to play that's less. The season started later as well. Yeah. And then there's, um, there's a fortnight from the f- first to the 15th or something that. Like yes, it's, I'm going to the Leicester game and um, first of September. That's, 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 yeah, that's, yeah, that's it's twelve thirty. Yeah, I'm going to that. It's uh, December. Yeah, of September. Oh, September. Sorry, sorry. Jesus, what's yeah, I yeah. don't know. Yeah, I thought you said December. I thought that's Mrs. B's birthday. That's the ideal day for me to go and watch Liverpool. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You just need to get something set up in the in the shed there, so you never have to leave. Oh, I'll tell you what. Uh, somebody posted a WhatsApp pic in uh, one of the groups the other day of their shed. Oh, they did. Did you have shed envy? <laughs> Mate, it was a palace. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. Who it was I think it was a uh, one of the new uh, one of the new contributors, Sam. I think it was, or was it Mark Roberts? I can't remember. Who it was. Shane, yeah, Shane, Shane, that's it. Shane, you bastard, Shane. That's all I'm gonna say. Really? Um, he's, oh, he's it's glorious. It's 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 a Liverpool shed, mate. It is the best thing on earth. Oh, hang on, hang on. He's done out like one of those lads, uh, lads retreats. Not over is the it? top. Not over the top. It's no, a, no, no. But it's it's it's, it's a den. It's, it's a den. It's a lads right. den. Yeah, yeah. And he's got the Liverpool stuff there. He's got the screen in there. Hang on. Know. Does he does he have one of those chinky chintzy little bars in there? No, I don't think he did. Do you know those little bars that people yeah, put yeah. in their yeah. sheds? I don't remember seeing a bar. I mean, Not really I might them. be something in the group in the, the chat in a sec, but I don't think there was a bar. But it was nice. It was, oh, I was jealous. Very, very jealous. We'll, get, we'll, we'll, we'll give Shane the benefit of the doubt. So look, look, the thing about it is, right, shed envy or no shed envy, we've got a game coming up and um, there's no point in doing too much more analysis unless there's one or two more things that you just want to desperately bring up about um, about the um, the Palace game. Is there anything else that you wanted, to, either if you wanted to speak about in re- relation to the Palace match? No? Gone. It's going twice, gone. Right, let's talk about Brighton because Brighton's an altogether different challenge again. And I'm looking at um, a, the squad that they have, and I was looking at them playing against Manchester United. I don't, I don't know, did you catch that game, lads? I don't. I, yes. I, I did, funny enough, with all the dirty mugs. Oh, wow. You were sitting in their company watching that. Oh, yes. What a result to be part of. Were you just sitting there quietly, or were you. Were you, were you yeah, abs- yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, um... I'm not an awful person like that. I just sat there like a smug bastard. You're you're Orlando in Jabba's palace. <laughs> <laughs> Other films are available. Oh my god, that's good. Yeah. Uh, and so so let's let's talk about let's talk about that result. Um, and Annie Annie Mank Shade is of course also a bonus. Um, Carl, you 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 were um very um. Uh, uh, obvious that you'd seen that game as well. What what stood out to you about Brighton in terms of a potential threat? Is there anything there that um, Palace or indeed uh, West Ham didn't have that we need to keep an eye out for? Do you think they they had a home end and they had a team who wanted to beat Man United and Man United had a bunch of individuals who were looking at the bench saying what's going on. Right, that's what that said to me. I mean, obviously Sanchez is his favourite player. He does everything for Sanchez, and once Sanchez wasn't in the start lineup, you start to think, hang on. This could go anywhere. This 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 could be. If they get a goal, but what really shot me about United, and this is the difference with them, and you know their glory is, is Gary Neville talks about this. If you go a goal down, and you and you and you take in the kick off, literally they scored. You you kick off. The first thing you do is put it in the opposite corner flag, the furthest away from your goal, because you can't afford to go too down while their tails are up. So you push them away. And I'm not, I don't know if United did that or not, but they conceded a goal like four minutes later or something stupid. I mean, it was, it was very very. Quick on. I mean, I missed both goals literally because I went to the toilet. Yeah. So, um, you know, is um, is an image listener. So I, um, <laughs> so I, and and you just don't give Man United don't concede two goals in two minutes. They just don't do that because they're trained, they're drilled. I mean, Gary Neville talks about this all the time. They're trained to, they're trained to. If you if you basically get a goal down, one thing you're not going to do is go two goals down. Everyone just snaps up straight away and says, right, we we shut up shop for five minutes. Then we start. Then we, you know, then we punish them. And Disney United side didn't do that. 
Um, but it, you, can, you, you can understand that. It's Barca or Madrid. Yeah. It's Brighton. Yeah. Well, but that's 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 where I'm going though. What what was it that you saw? I know, for example, uh, Cam, when I was speaking about you know, doing a brief preview of this with um, with Jan Mulby early on, he was talking about um, the set piece capacities that they have and abilities that they have. And you know, we saw Shane Duffy getting a goal, and um, I'm I'm wondering is that something that we need to is is that something you you think they do particularly well? I mean, you know, you look through their squad, and unlike West Ham. And unlike Palace at the weekend, when you look at their squads, these lads, uh, they don't, they're not exactly, um, household names. I mean, they've got Gross some interesting, like yeah, they've got some interesting footballers. Like everybody knows about Glenn Murray because he's one of these guys who scores goals or whatever level he's at. They've got like the kid Knockhart in midfield. They've got Shane yeah. Duffy, Matty Ryan signed for them as keeper and he's a solid performer. As you mentioned, Carl Pascal Gross, we know. Lewis Dunk, I think, was out at the weekend. I don't know if he comes back or not. Um, they had, uh, I, I, did they sign, it, is, is, Baron Kyle, was he a signing? I don't think he was there before. Um, they've got that kid Bond at, at, at uh, is it left back? I think he plays. But I mean, you were, we're not talking about household name here, you know? No, um, that's exactly, you, you hit the nail on there. They're not household names. But I mean, when you watch them as a team, which is infinitely more important, obviously. Did yes. you see? Did you did you see anything that? Um, and 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 Chris Hutton, by the way, a ridiculously underrated manager. Um, do you see? Did you see anything that you know we should specifically be concerned about? And what was it? And how do you think we could combat it if it was? Um, not really, because I think I just think genuinely, United were really that poor on their day, and Brighton capitalised. They they just took their opportunities. The, the first they knew goal what they were doing. Murray. Yeah, the first goal from Glenn Murray, that was a glorious goal. It's beautiful. You know, to, to flick it over to Gaia's shoulder when he's he was like running away from goal at, almost at the same time and to flick mm. it behind him, that is a that's a wonderful piece of skill. You know, well, he really, so, no really talked it down as well afterwards. I love the way he talked it down. Just, I think, now, what did he do there? He went, oh, I just made the ball change direction. You didn't, mate. You flicked it with the outside of you. <laughs> it was a yeah, over, goal. over, past, past the world class goalkeeper as yeah. well. I mean, let's be honest, yeah. If that was Paul Pogba who'd done that, that would be on repeat on Sky News as the opening line for the next week. Oh, every yeah. hour. Yeah. 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 That, that, that's the level of the, that's how great a goal finish that was. Let's not beat around the bush. It was magnificent. So, so he's a, he's a worry, right? Yeah. He, he's, yeah, but look how awful Bayer and Lindelof were. Mm. They were atrocious on the day. I mean, on, the penalty yeah, that they gave away. They're not bad footballers. Then, then Eric Bay. If you said to me last season we can sign Eric Bay, I'd have I'd have snapped your hand off. Yeah, I would. He's he's he's, he's by far one of the most underrated and one of the best defenders in the Premier League. He had an awful day at the office. It's as simple as that. You mean the, the penalty he gave away, the, the guy was running away from the goal. He was not going to score from that angle. Yeah, he panicked. He panicked and just dived in. Because why? Because his mate Lindelof was nowhere near the striker, or whoever it was who was running in. And well, uh, they were all over the place. Pogba, 27 misplaced passes. 27. In sentiment. Yeah. They... they you you can't take away from how poor United were on the day. That's three games on the balance they've lost at Brighton there. Well, look, let, let's take a moment here before I go back to Carl on, on, on Brighton and, and, and one or two players in particular. Let's take a moment to do that little bit of, of uh, schadenfreude and talk about the man specifically because, um, you know, you did see, Cam, you mentioned it. You saw Pogba uh, afterwards um fronting up and saying you know look i wasn't that impressive um, um in my attitude our attitude wasn't great we didn't approach it properly and so on and so on um so i mean there's quite a lot to be said there for his frankness and honesty in comparison to his managers who was he was in full-on sullen sulky mode shut down didn't want to talk about it was ridiculously insulting to one particular female uh, journalist I saw uh, in a kind of a snide way that you'd absolutely expect. Yeah. Which is unusual because he's such a chivalrous man. Mm. You know, he's, he's always first to hand out compliments and be polite and you know and show a stern face and a, a stern expression in the face of defeat. 
Yeah, yeah, it's uh, you're right. I've gone way too far there and over the top in what it yeah. is. Uh, it was un, 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 unreasonable criticism of, of a true gentleman of football. And on that note, we should take a moment here to go off and listen to Gag Standing and Jan Mulby having a chat. Hi, Jan. How are you? Um, is everything okay? Yeah, absolutely, Gag. Everything is fine. But you know what? I'm hearing you've got a special offer for Anfield Index Pro. Is that so? Yes, absolutely. And we've got your weekly show, Moby on the Spot, the popular stat show, Under Pressure. Post-match Raw is now back and loads of other shows available at our lowest price ever. Go on then, Gax. How cheap is that? Get this, mate. Get this. It's absolutely free for seven days and then only $39.99 for a whole year. New users can now sign up and access everything at AnfieldIndexPro.com. I have to say, Gax, that is incredible news. i got to go. Where are you going? Well, to be fair, I need to go and tell Rushy about this offer. <laughs> Thanks. Whilst you're there, please let Rushy know that we accept all major credits and debit cards via the website. And not only that, we've now added PayPal too. And if you want an app option, then via iOS, you can purchase AI Pro through an in-app purchase. Jan? Jan? And welcome back to the show. Uh Carl, just before we broke up there, we were chatting about Jose Mourinho and all the rest of it. But on Brighton, you wanted to talk to me about one or two of their footballers specifically, I think. Well, what we did about them last season, I mean, I went to both games, went to home and away last year. And I thought it was really interesting. One thing they Liverpool did is you talked about, you know, how do you stop Glenn Murray? We deliberately made sure he didn't get the ball every single time. And this this was, you know, Emre in particular at... Um, I was going to say the Goldstone Ground. It's the Goldstone Ground. Let's call it that. Um, it has been the Goldstone Ground since about 1986. Amex. I think. It's Amex, people. Don't listen to him. <laughs> a ground named after a sponsor is not a ground, if you ask me. It's very um, true. Very true. And uh, we, yeah, Emery just cut off all the all the passing channels to him, and that works really well. Also, we won five one, and they, they they got a joke of a penalty as well, so it should have been five nil, and it was three nil at our place as well, three or four. I was there at that. That's my age showing. Um, literally happened right in front of me. Can't remember the score. I think it was three 0 Don't sound like he scored. And um, I think that's what that, I think that's how we planned. That's how Klopp planned it last year. You just basically just keep the ball away from him. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think that's what we're probably going to do this year. Well, if we can do that, and if we can stand up to the set plays thing, then yeah, you'd like to think we have a right chance of going for three in a row. But I mean, it is going to be interesting. I mean, they lost. I think 2-0 to Watford on day one of the season, yeah. unless I'm very much mistaken. So, I mean, it's an interesting thing to, to, to consider. Cam, any last words on Brighton before we move away to the non-football part of the show? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to watching it. Um, 5.30 with all the dirty monks, so really need to win again. I've had, yeah. I've, I've had, I've had a nightmare, yeah. I've had a nightmare. Got a ticket. Um, one. My, my mum was taking my mum away for um, a weekend in North Wales, being my brother-in-law. And uh, he said to me, it's absolutely true, we're in Spain. He said to me, oh, but I'd go with him. And he says, oh, um, can you get rid of my ticket, my spur for, uh, I've got a spur for um, Brighton, I can't go. So do you want to go with one of your mates? I went, yeah, yeah, I'll go. No problem at all. A week later, he's up and said, by the way, you do know you're not going as well. Might as well be going to Wales, dickhead. No! Oh! <laughs> Awful. Awful. I mean, I've got my mates going instead, so don't bother ringing me about spurs. But um, uh, I, I'd even thought, because it's North Wales, just drive back for the game, can't we? It's only an hour and a bit. And then I, I saw the look my mum gave me, the idea of that. <laughs> and we, 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 we'd be allowed to watch it in the bar, in the hotel bar. Well, this, this is what I was going to ask you. Like, will you be off, uh, like, uh, hill walking or quilting or something? Or will you actually get to watch this? I will be in the bar from about noon, just to be on the safe side. Good lad. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you don't want to miss it. I, I, I am going to miss this one, lads, and I won't be really in a position to to talk about anything to do with it um, on our show next week. Um, Brilliant. Ah, I'll host, Trev. Don't worry. 
please do. Maybe you could both just host at each other. That would be undoubtedly gorgeous uh, for everyone to, to, to listen to. Um, but as, as I said earlier on, I'm, I'm away for a couple of days to get um, uh, my bonnet lifted up and, and inspected underneath. So uh, we're, we're going to have some we're going to have some issues talking about the, the, the football there. But I will rely as ever on your on your expertise. Now, before we finish up all together, there is a section of the show that I want to do today, which is based on the non-football stuff that we occasionally ask people to to contribute to and i've got like now what, what i like about this is i've now got a nice list building and um last i'm going to start off with one from the group from last week and i'll just i'll just keep eliminating them and using them as we go so if you did send in a question it will be used eventually don't, don't worry about that but i'm going to use one from last week and, and and a couple of the new ones from this week and the first one's a really philosophical one, as you might expect from the man in question, Harinder. And Harinder says to you guys, what is the biggest chance that you never took? This is going to get you thinking about something deep. Now, I might, if you haven't prepped that or if you don't have any ideas for that immediately, I might let that one sit with you for a while because the other ones are a little bit more sort of <laughs> off the cuff. Right. So I want you to sit there and come. Template. It's more a case of rejecting the answers, not. <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've got an answer to it. So whatever right. uh, you want to do, it. get into it then. Go on. Your biggest chance that you never took, Cam. Going to university. So you had the opportunity to, and you decided to shun that opportunity. Yes. Yeah, it was. Um, it wasn't as straightforward as just going. There was a, a lot of stuff in the background, and um, uh, I. It was a chance I should have pushed harder for. So, and then uh, one that was completely me again messing up was probably not not doing me eleven plus even. You know, uh, I just refused to do it. Right. Uh, as a ten-year-old, I just said, "No, I'm not doing it. I, I'm not going to grammar school. I want to go to high school with my mates." So it's mine two, are educational, both of them, yeah. Two no, education, ed, education-related edum, Educational, as I like yeah, to say. See that education. I mean, is it something that sort of sticks in your craw a bit? Like, I mean, we... we it does, we, yeah. It does. it does, okay, okay. Right. Like, you, you still feel a little bit of a pang about it now, right? Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, okay, okay, really, very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay, uh, all the time, uh, never, never utilised it. So okay, it is what it is. Uh, before we move across to Carl for his um, uh, opportunity not taken, road not travelled or whatever, um, just on that, like, did, did you ever consider the option of, um, well, now I'm a, a, a man of means, a multimillionaire, a fashion icon, maybe I'll, I'll go and um, take a X, Y or Z course. Did you ever, would you ever have any interest in that? Is that something you ever considered? Uh, I did. Uh, I, had a, I had a place to go and do information technology. Oh, yeah. uh, and um, I then did a, a little bit of IT afterwards part time, um, but again, just never pursued it any further. Um, it just circumstance never quite allowed me to. So, um, no, I, I'm, I'm sens- the work the workload just wouldn't do it. So yeah, I'm sen- sen- I am upset about it. I'm, I'm sensing upset. commitment issues as well, Cam. If you don't mind me saying so, I'm sensing commitment issues here when yes. it comes to courses. Yeah, well, the, the commitment went to Mrs. B. Ah, well, God bless her. And then the, yeah. then the, the, the best cause won. Carl, on your front, uh, the biggest chance never taken, uh, Harinder's question. I'm not going to go into it. I'm just going to say this sentence and we're going to leave it there and move on to the next question. Go ahead then, yeah. This will be good. Just ask her out, man. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, dear. Oh, Jesus, that stings uh, universally. We can all relate to that one. Yeah. We can all relate to that, that one. That hit me for years. Oh man, if for what it's worth, mine was something similar and involved me uh, mumbling something about are there any more Doritos? Uh, that, <laughs> that was literally all I could manage and I slunk away into the dark. Oh, it's, it's amazing. You know, you know, have you, I saw the, uh, the episode of The Simpsons where um, Ralph Wiggum has a thing for Lisa, for Lisa Simpson. Yeah, and uh, and they're walking, they're walking home, and he's trying all his best lines, and he says, "So, do you like stuff?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you, you see, Ralph there is a absolute charmer by comparison with me. I could not believe this was coming out of my mouth. It was, it was slow motion coming out of my mouth. I was watching myself saying it. I was watching her expression, sort of quizzically staring at me. <laughs> you got better than I did. You spoke oh, to her. Okay. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if you had seen me moonwalking slowly backwards out of that room, I was, it was, can you give can you it, give us the line again? <laughs> Are there any more Doritos? <laughs> That's the name of the pod. Uh, that's, that's the title. Putting, putting, putting in your hand. Putting yeah. in your hand at that uh, point. Uh, my God, he's glorious. Yeah. <laughs> People watched it on and winced. That's all I can say. Um, well, can I ask one question? Because this is another connection to my slightly. And that's why I'm definitely not naming the names. Did she end up with a dickhead? I, do you know what? Um, I couldn't tell you, but I would doubt it because she was just a... a yeah, my, mine's, mine's the same, actually. Yeah, she was just a wonderful sort of a person. I'd imagine she's like with a, some superstar. So, uh. And, and she's here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> watch, watch the line go dead fast. <laughs> <laughs> I think should, should, should say that and say, but you didn't ask me which flavor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. If only you'd waited for the answer, Danny. Um. <laughs> The, uh, the, the next question is from, uh, from Brett. He sent in, uh, three, but I'm going to go for one that everyone can relate to. He asked a very straightforward choice question for the third of his one. Um, which is the best TV series for you? Is it Breaking Bad, Game of Thrones, The Wire, or Mad Men? You've got to choose from one of those. And I know, Mr. Branch, you've mentioned at least all four of them on different occasions. So uh-huh. I'll start with you. Of those four shows. Oh. I know what Carl's going to say. I know what Carl's <laughs> going to say. So, like, it, 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 well, it, it's, I'm it's, guessing Carl will agree with me on this. Go on, and what are you going for? Well, it, it's it's a toss-up for me between because they're two completely different types of show, and mm-hmm. I know somebody who loves one but hates the other, and you know they've got they've got great taste in TV as well. So, um, it's either Mad Men or, or The Wire because they're totally different shows, but they're they're equally brilliant in what they're what they're doing so yeah you, there's no wrong answer if you say mad men or the wire uh, there's a game of thrones massive out there listening to us who are absolutely appalled at that but uh carl for you i assume it's uh it's 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 uh, our boys um uh the cops is that right or am i am i am i doing you a disservice there well i know nothing about let me talk about game of thrones for a second i know nothing about games of thrones but i, I was on um uh, another podcast once and it it came up which game of thrones character would you um uh would you most likely you know resemble i said Ooh. i don't watch it and then um i won't name names here but, but we know the person involved says um said oh i think you, you've got a, i think you're a bit like blah 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 I never heard it was and he went, and he went, well, I said, well, I thought he went, well, he's dead clever. Well, I thought he said, he's a bit of a shit, I was like. Sums <laughs> 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 you up really, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, wasn't, mass- yes. wasn't massively happy about that. But, but it, uh, it, 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 that's, that's, that's almost, it, every week you seem to be able to give us one of these sort of, uh, uh really pointed scouse compliments where it's like, yeah, like last week we had your, your, your dad's one was, a, was a cracker. This you is stuff. Yeah, starve dickhead. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I am Tyrion Lannister, by the way. You've seen the the picture of Anderson, haven't you? Oh, of me oh, as Tyrion. I, I, Cam, can I ask you to do something? For for people who do who, who listen to the show and follow the accounts and might follow your account, will you pop that up on your timeline at some stage? Because it is yeah, bloody. I, I don't I don't save pictures, so what I'll do is I'll ask Corinda to send it over to me. So I know he does. And I'll, I'll pop it on there, and I'll, I'll tag it on the show. Not a problem. Because Cam as Tyrion, aka Dinklage, is a glorious, glorious thing to see. You, Although you I have to say, you cannot tell the difference. Harinder's crowning glory for me, and and he's quite the expert at this. But the crowning glory was was where he stuck my head on on Luke and and uh, that was amazing. On Yoda, I mean that's that's just splendid because the oh, two expressions. The two expressions worked a treat, man. They were just wow, wow, wow. Okay, last question then before I go. I got the wire. Oh shit! Oh come on. <laughs> <laughs> we 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 knew we knew we knew. It's yeah. the wire. That's uh, easy. There's uh, yeah, there's there's definitely some Breaking Bad fans out there as well. Anyway, look, last question then for today is um. From Zera, who's sent in two, and I wanted to, uh, to, to use one of those. And again, we'll keep it on sort of film and, and TV related one, because she's got one of those too. And she says, I'll if your life, that, I've got the other one. you've got the other one prepared. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which was, uh, which was the, uh, sporting moment, yeah? Right, okay. Brent. Just for you, just for you, 
And yeah. because I know Carl is a far more affable man than you, uh, we'll, we'll do we'll do the, the first question, Sarah. Second, Go on. Then. I was trying to see what I was trying to do was rock a little theme there, but you just completely fucked it. But anyway, let's just do it. Anyway, I, I couldn't think of anything. That's why I had to do the other. <laughs> Sarah's first question was: If you each had a time machine, which episode of sporting or non-sporting history would you try to change? Okay, so not only have you a time machine. Not only are you traveling to the past in a sporting or non-sporting uh, moment, but you are tinkering with the past in a totally non-Starfleet okay way. So, okay. what what oh, is your what is your take on that, then, Cam? Seeing as you've got something ready to go here. Yeah, for me, it would be I would make sure Mark Robbins didn't play for Man United against Nottingham Forest in the FA Cup, and if all the rumours were then to be true, Fergie would have got the sack. And history would never have been the same again. So hang on, what have you done there to influence the past specifically? I'm going to kidnap Mark Robbins. Uh, you're going to kidnap. You're going to kidnap Mark Robbins and yeah, prevent illegal. him, prevent him from saving, saving yeah. uh, Alex Ferguson's bacon. Therefore, yeah, yeah. I'm going to take him to the pub and get him drunk. Yeah, so he would have been legless, literally. Right. So that prevents the whole era of mank dominance and maybe allows us to reclaim our spot a bit earlier. I like yeah, this. That's perfect. good. You know, it was worth going to you for that. You've, you've put some thought into that. Carl, if you could change an era in history, uh, sporting or, or otherwise, what would you do? Well, I'd change it, but I wouldn't tell anyone that I'd changed it. Um, I would be, you ready? I've told you this on Twitter already, so so sorry if you, if you read the conversation. I would stand outside of 105 to 111 Wentworth dwell, model dwellings on Goulston Street between 1.45 a.m. and 5.30 a.m. Uh, on the 30th of September 1888, to what to see if a man wrote on a wall. This is definitely Ripper related, yes. It definitely is Ripper related. So basically, um, this was the night of the double event, so he's killed twice in one night. Uh, the final murder is in Mitre Square, and um, which he killed um, Catherine Eddowes between 1:30 and 1:35 in the morning. Um, at 2:50 a.m., about a quarter of a mile away, um, they'd found um, the P- PC Long had found a discard a piece of apron, which was Catherine Eddowes' apron, um, in a in a doorway on Goulton Street. It's still there now, as in Goulton Street's still there, not the apron. Um, <laughs> and uh, a piece of graffiti, it said, it, it changes this, but it's basically the Jews are the men who will not be blamed for nothing. And there's a massive ripperology debate to see whether he wrote that or not. Is he blaming the Jews for the murder, or is he saying, us Jews are great, we can kill whoever we want? And no one knows. So you want to be there to collar him and say, what exactly do you mean? By well, that, no, I, I mean, I don't, I mean, I could say I'd, I'd rather be out of the ripper sites and, and, you know, and solving murders and stuff like that and stopping people being killed. But I just want to see if he wrote the, wrote the message or not. I like it. I like it. I tell you what I would do. I would go back in time to um, a v- the very recent past. And you remember when, um, uh, this is just after coming to me now, I, I think this could work. Do you remember when, um, what's that What's that rock band um, uh, with Lemmy and Motorhead? Remember yeah. when Motorhead used to play? They employed a lad who used to wear all black and stand in the background so that when Lemmy would fall backwards because he was so wasted, your man would just sort of prop him up and push him forward to, to the front of the stage again. What I would do is, so I'd wear some sort of green screen, uh, you know, one of those motion capture suits and blend into the background like the Natrell lady. And just as Stevie Jarrett is about to go over in his arse, I prop him up. He played the ball safely out of the fence. No damn ba We win the league. Brendan Rogers is his manager for the rest of his life. Hmm. Uh, hmm. Really sh- that, that hasn't <laughs> gone. Let's not get mad. That hasn't gone as far as well as I'd expected. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, on that, on that <laughs> sort of. That's sort of vaguely dubious note. Let's finish up for this episode of the Anfield Index. Oh, God, that's me getting hate mail now for the rest of the week. (laughs) Christ. (laughs) Before we go, it is customary for me to ask the lads if they have any final thoughts or, in the case of Carl, any shameless plugs. So, as ever, Carl, anything you'd like to to flag up for the the, uh, listeners? Who remembers Nick Owen from TVAM? Me. Nick Owen um, presented a TV show uh, uh, in the 90s called um, is it Good Morning with Nick and Anne. And he's quite a straight-laced sort of broadcaster, but I've always found him very, very funny. And uh, this week on Some Green Grass and a Bull, Stephen Scrag interviewed him. And uh, it, it's gone up to day the piece. And it's lovely because he talks about Hillsborough and um, he talks about um, you know his career. And he talks about Roland Rat 
And if you don't know who Roland Rat is, just look it up on YouTube. It's weird that that became famous. Um, so I'm really happy with that. And obviously, um, what else is there? Oh, yeah, I've got an envelope called Falling Without Landing. It's £5 on Amazon. It's got four reviews so far. They're all five stars, and you'll like it. So go review, read, buy the book, all those kind of things. Cam, any uh, ideas yourself to see us out on? Three quick little things. Uh, I think it was Eamon Holmes says he wants uh, Jose Mourinho sacked and Sean Dice put in charge. No. Yeah, no. I'll go with that. I will go with that all day long, not a problem. As long as I don't get Zidane, I'm fine with that. Um, And two very quick quotes. When you win, say nothing. When you lose, say less. That was Paul Brown, the NFL coach back in the day. Like that. Last little quote to finish with. There are no limits to what you can accomplish, except the limits you place on your own thinking. And that was a guy called Brian Tracy, who seems to do an awful lot of quotes. (laughs) <laughs> do we do we know why or what he's that, talking that, about that, that quotation lads is that his job it was like every other quotation was Brian Tracy I'm like who the fuck is this Brian Tracy <laughs> well I'm not going to google it it's too much of a common name you know he went yeah. to the subway on yeah. the edge of a road <laughs> I do really appreciate you going to town and the research uh, so that we can be sure <laughs> That Brian Tracy is not some awful genocidal maniac and is actually is he on a Twitter? Man. Yeah, that's, who knows? Who knows? I found him on Twitter, yeah. Adam. It's his I show. Think he's a, I think he's on the, uh, goes under the name of the Sentai. Yeah. Oh, God, it wouldn't, wouldn't be Bay Man, it'd just be buying me a book. That's all <laughs> I've been saying for the past two weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, buy him a book. Buy him uh, a book, thanks. Five pounds. Brian Tracy, if you're if you're out there, go and leave a review for Falling Without Landing. I, I, I do, by the way, Trevor. I do have one. Um, oh yeah, do that, please, Brian. That'd be nice. I, I do have uh, a minor name drop today, which I'm stupidly pleased about. Um, bang, um, bang away. Um, Amanda Abington, who plays Mrs. Watson in the TV program Sherlock, liked my tweet today. Woohoo! That's the the glorious world of minor celebrity. Yeah, and we've just we've just grazed past it by dint of, of association, and I'm, I'm yep. very very pleased. I basically Glenn buried that one just past you at the last second. You did, and 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 you, you, unlike Murray, you didn't have the humility to talk it down. No, absolutely <laughs> not whatsoever. I'm just great, thank you. I'm just great. And on that note of supreme self confidence from Carl, <laughs> uh, we will finish up uh, with me thanking you our treasured listener for the support of your ears and imploring you as I did last week to lend us the support of your recommendation, whatever form that may come, we'll accept it. I've been Trev Denny and until we speak again, be kind to your fellow Reds and stay safe out there. Podcast Network.